0: Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi,
1: this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. I'm here today with Jeffrey Hazlett. Who is a primetime TV and radio host, a keynote speaker, a global business celebrity, and a best-selling author. He's written two best-selling business books, The Mirror Test and Running the Gauntlet, and his new book, Think Big and Act Bigger, has just been released. He's one of the most compelling figures in business today. He is a primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and Executive Perspect- Perspectives on C-Suite TV. And he's the business radio host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on CBS On Demand Radio Network, Play It. So welcome, Jeff. It's, glad, it's great to have you here.
0: Well, it is good to be here. I always like to be able to talk about how to be think, you know, think big, act bigger, and be relentless.
1: This is the topic of your new book, so I, and I love this. I've just read through the book, which was just released. Love the concepts you have here, but tell us for our audience, what does it mean to you to think big and act bigger?
0: You know, for so long we've been telling our businesses to cut, 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 and it's time for us to grow. And I want to challenge some of the conventional wisdoms, what I call self-imposed limitations, and sometimes those abstract obstacles that get in the way of us being a bigger, badder, you know, version of yourself. And that's what I want – folks to be able to do you know the book is filled with in fact i put a couple pages of just excuses why people say they can't do things either in business or personally because they just get tired of it and what i want people to do is to realize whatever it is you want to do again whether it's in your personal life your business life uh, with friends or family is what do you have to do to get ahead and to become that bigger bolder version of yourself
1: Absolutely. I think that's so fantastic because we do. We, we tend to focus on all the reasons why not instead of the reasons why we can do something.
0: Exactly. So, and usually those are stories. They're just stories. You know, someone will say, I, I remember I was the chief marketing officer of a Fortune 100 company. And, you know, on January 2nd, our fiscal year started on the first. On the second, I had seen some commercial over the holiday and walked into the team and said, We should do this. And someone said, It's not in the budget. I said, What do you mean it's not in the budget? we only about $20,000. <laughs> You know we got a 17 billion dollar budget you tell me you're so committed already this year the second day of the year that you can't find 20,000 let's go through your budget I'm going to find the money you know it's about making choices and and getting out of these stories and saying if we're going to do these things make the commitment and get them done
1: You're absolutely right absolutely right and and we start too much with saying again what we can't do you talk in the book about determining your conditions of satisfaction so what are the questions people should ask themselves when they're starting a business or they're starting a new project? How do we get ourselves in the right mindset and ask the right questions?
0: Yeah, this is one of the core tenets of, uh, being bigger, you know, and acting bigger is what is it you want? You know, I, for my own self, my own personal condition aspects, and then you should have them for your business. Those, you know, not goals, not, you know, a forecast, but your real promises. What's your promise? What's your promise to yourself? You know, for me, I have three. I want to build wealth for my family. I want to be able to have fun, and I want to learn something, you know, make it interesting. And if I don't have those things, I'm not really too interested in either working with the person or, you know, having one of my staff or taking on a new client So, or working in that job or working, you know, in that business. And so those are my personal satisfactions. So I think it's important for you to really sit down and, and lay it out. You know, how much money do I want to take out of the business? Where where, where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be next year? What kind of level of, you know, of comfort do I want to have? You know, how long am I willing to try this until I decide it, it won't work? You know, all those little questions I think you have to lay out, you know, well ahead of time. And and some of them might be I don't even know what those questions are, but to sit down on a regular basis and just say, what are my conditions of satisfaction and am I getting where I want to go.
1: I think this is so important because so often we just want to go out and run and execute, just go out and do something. And it seems to be easier to do that than it is to stop and take the time to say, are we executing against the right things? Because we could spend a lot of time doing something and not be satisfied because you haven't established those conditions and and know what it is you want. So it seems to me that you are very clear on that, and, and because you're clear in that, you know immediately whether you want to take something on or whether you want to go a different path.
0: Absolutely. And it puts you, you know, and then apply it to that filter so that you can say, no, I'm not interested, you know, and, and well, I give a good example in the book. I love telling stories. And, you know, my wife and daughter, when they said, where do you want to go? And I said, hey, T Steakhouse, which is usually the answer I want. And they right. go, you didn't even think of any other choices. And I said, yes, I did. And that millisecond no of time, I realized well, all the places I weighed them all. And that's where I really want to go. And they, and they said, well, you need to think about it longer. I said, OK. So then there was like silence for ten seconds. You know? And then I said, nope, still want to go there. Are you satisfied? You know? So it's being clear about what you want. And if it's what you want, you know, then convey it and speak it and then and then act in it. You know? And and I think that's what you have to do. You have to own it as a as a business owner, as a business leader, as a C suite executive, or just being a really great person, you have to own it and own your own story.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I love you you talk about something called the Caitlin rule in the book, which is just a wonderful story. So I'm wondering if you can share that story with us about empowering employees to do the right thing and, and not get in their own way.
0: It's really, it's one, it's one of the first stories in the book. It's one of my favorite stories, period. And I'm telling that to audiences all over the country these days in keynotes. And, and, and I'll tell it here is I had a young employee who just came to work for us. Her name is Caitlin, um, potential superstar. That's why we hired her. Our business is called Tallgrass. If you want to run with the big dogs, you got to learn to pee in the tall grass. And we were about to leave about in about five or six minutes to go to meet with a client that we're going to take his company public. We took three companies public last year which was one of the things that we helped to do, raise their profile and you know and, and build up um, some demand around their business. And she stopped and said to me before we left, "Jeff, should we take color copies to the meeting?" And I said, "Well, Kate, when you're new here, so you really don't know all the rules. So let me give you this rule." And I said, "I just make I'm making up right now, but this is a new rule." I said. You only get to ask me 21 questions. You can ask me about the meaning of life. You can ask me, is the A train the best train to take across town? You can ask me where the best Italian restaurant is in New York City. Is this one of your 21 questions? And she said, I don't think so. I said, good (laughs) career move, because if I have to answer that, what do I need you for? And so it wasn't to be harsh. It wasn't to be mean. And I know some people were thinking that or listening right now saying, geez, that's kind of really direct. Well, yeah. See, I'm setting in conditions of satisfaction. I turned to her and said, look, Caitlin, I said, I, I'm, I, tall grass it means we're big dogs. You're a big dog. I hired you because you're going to be a superstar in this business. You're going to have my job. You're going to be sitting in this seat having this conversation with somebody else. And I expect you to take care of these things for me and to do the things that we need to do to be successful. And you don't have to ask for permission. You don't have to ask, you know, do we need to take color copies? You know the answer to that question. I said, by the way, let me ask you this question. Do you have time to make them? And she said, no. I said, never ask me a question like that again.
1: <laughs> and I presume this was a few years ago. And has Caitlin kind of learned from that and, and gone on? And, and she, done great was, she, was, she worked
0: for us for a couple of years, and she's already now running a hotel for one. Of, she's running marketing for one of the largest luxury hotels in the world. There, she, so, there you go.
1: She never so, asked so a question like that her. again.
0: Exactly. So proud of her. Love her. Love what she's doing. You know, because you know, not everyone's cut out to stay with you. That's just the nature of the game and the business that I'm in, in marketing typically, in public relations, social media, the work that we do for clients. You know, we 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 train people, and they some of them stay, some of them go, which is awesome.
1: Because
0: even when they go, they become
1: evangelists for you, which is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you talk a lot about passion, and we've seen passion be good for business. We've seen it be bad for business. What's your feeling about it? Because we've certainly seen people make mistakes when they're passionate. Yet on the other hand, can we succeed in business without having some passion in in our lives?
0: Well, you've got to have the passion because sometimes it's the only thing you can live on because when you're not paying yourself some days, um, you need to be able to at least have that passion. But you can't let passion blind you because passion alone will just lead you to make bad decisions. So you have to stay grounded and that's one of the key things to be able to have those grounding points or have people in your organization to help ground you from time to time to be able to say, Is it realistic? Again, let's get back to those conditions of satisfaction. Having great conditions of satisfaction, something in which you can measure your your success against will give you that opportunity to make sure that you don't let your passion blind you. You know, okay. we all think our children are you know, we all think our children are good looking and they're not all good looking. They're not all the smartest. <laughs> You know, they're not all the brightest. But yet they still have something to contribute. And just like your business, you can be blinded to all that and you have to be careful not to do
1: that. That's important. So talk a little bit about passion and and Jeff, I'm gonna be honest here with you. People have sometimes called you a little bit pig headed and irrational, uh, and you're following your passion, you've got these conditions down. You say that doesn't bother you. No, absolutely uh, in fact, not. You
0: should be you should
1: be a little big headed and
0: you should okay, be a little why? irrational. Well, you know, at first I thought, when I first heard someone say, I actually heard an executive, I was filming a television show in San Diego with a company called Life Technology, which just, re, you know, about a year and a half ago sold for about $13 billion, $14 billion. And I was with the CEO, and he was speaking to a Harvard um, alumni class of the MBAs. And he put up a slide, and I was there in the room filming um, because we wanted some B-roll, uh, some background, and, and we like to film, you know, things that are going on, and he put up a slide that said sometimes leaders need to be irrational. I thought, what? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? In fact, I wrote it down, and I underlined it, exclamation point. You know, like, I'm going to drill him when I see him in the interview. I'm going to get to him. How can you be irrational? You're a publicly traded company. You're a biotech company. If anything, you've got to be the most rational. You know. And then he said, sometimes we have to tell our employees and people that we're going to go from point A to point B. But yet what we do is we actually tell them we're going to go point C, which is beyond B so that we can get them to point B because, you know, one third of your employees get it, one third eventually get it, and one third never do. Right. And 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 that's what he meant by being irrational. I thought, oh, that's brilliant. And, you know, and pigheaded because, you know, I'll use Steve Jobs example. I knew Steve and, you know, he was known for being just headed about the fact that you had to have this level of quality, you had this level of, of customer interaction, this level of, ingenuity in the product so that it was just so wonderful well sometimes you have to stand for being pig-headed saying no i don't accept anything less than this i mean if you think back to when you played sports um or active in sports and the coach made you run an extra lap and you think yep. i'm gonna die i'm gonna die if i run an extra lap and then he made you run the lap and you know what you didn't die
1: yeah and then <laughs> no. when you went and ran the late, the actual race wow you were actually able to do it because you knew you had more in the tank
0: Yep. Exactly. So Absolutely. being a little pig-headed, being a little rational is, you know, and I, and I know I get that. I know I irk the people that work around me because I, I say, no, this is what I'm expecting and, and I'm hard about it. And it's because of, I want that level of service, that level of quality. I want that level of ingenuity and, and delivering. And so that's why you have to be that way sometimes.
1: Absolutely. You know, i tell you something, Jeffrey. You talk about um, leaders need to focus and cut out the noise, which is a favorite topic of mine. My book is called Marketing Above the Noise, and I talk about the fact that there's so much noise in the marketplace that we have to step back and, as marketers, understand what's important and really focus on that and not on the latest shiny object. So what's your feeling when it comes to leadership about how leaders should focus and cut out the noise? What are some tips that you can give us for leaders to do that?
0: You've got to kill some squirrels. I mean, just got to kill them. What I mean by squirrels? You ever watch that movie Up? Yeah. Ed Asner character, you know, the older man, and he's got the young boy who's a Cub Scout or some kind of Scout, Adventure Scout, and they go to Paradise Falls, and they run into Doug. Doug is the talking dog. Right. Now, Doug has been outfitted with a collar that his master has given him, and, of course, in the movie, Doug says, hello, I love you. You seem like a very nice person. I can talk because my master has given me this collar, which allows me to and then he looks away, and he says, squirrel, because <laughs> he's a And dog. he runs
1: off, and that's it. Forget it. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. And you know what? Every day in our – in
0: fact, probably in this interview, I'll come up with a squirrel. I'll yell squirrel in the middle of it because I'll just go off on a tangent. And that happens in our business all the time, and we get distracted. And so what you have to do is keep focus, focus, focus. What are the things that are going to drive the success of your business? What's the things are going to drive the success of your day? What are the things that are going to drive the success of your health? What are the things that are going to drive the success of your relationship with your spouse or your children, or what? And what are those key things? And don't lose focus. And then make sure that you're not, you know, chasing squirrels. And so you got to kill some squirrels.
1: You kill some squirrels and, and keep the squirrels out. Build a fence. Keep the squirrels away. Yeah. It Stay focused. Good too. It yeah. Good. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go down there. Um, so you, talk about, you also talk about a company cadence. And yeah. you say the cadence has to reflect what's important to you. So talk a little bit about that because I think that's, that's a really important concept in your book. Well,
0: every business you walk into, you can get a sense of the energy, the flow, you know, much like a river, much like a stream. Is it a lake? You know, is it a river? Is it a stream? Is it – it's got rapids? You know, what's what's the cadence? You know, even when you watch television and you watch a show, the shows develop their own cadence, their yes. sense of energy, their sense of flow and 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 so you you need to be thinking what's your cadence in your business? what's the speed of which you operate? how do people you know how do you set the expectations around conditions of satisfaction of when they get back to each other how how fast are they and so so you really need to be thinking about you know you know what's your cadence is because a good a good team can speed up and slow down in their cadence. And be uniform and you know, one person can throw it out. Have you ever watch those big parades of military parades and, and if, if one person's on the step they can screw it up. So yep. you gotta make sure everybody knows the cadence and when you speed it to double time or triple time or or to half time, you, you know what that is and know what to expect.
1: Love love these musical analogies, because this is this is where I come from and it's I think it's so wonderful to be able to talk about this because you can just envision that parade of, of Marines or whatever, and then somebody's out of step. And yet yeah. so often I think in our businesses, we're, everybody's marching to their own drummer. <laughs> the music isn't clear. So it's important. Well, and you look sloppy, by that's... the way.
0: And it, you, you, you can sense it. You can feel all those things. And, and you know, I've I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, and I've walked in many times, and I can tell whether the business is making or win, you know, winning or losing just by looking around very quickly. You can sense those things. How clean, how clean it is, you know. how snappy are they, are they dressed well, not dressed well, what's the desktops look like, is there garbage piling? I mean, all of these things, it's all part of that cadence, you know, that mood of the business. And it, you can really see a lot of things just by looking.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. I had the opportunity to take a tour of the Tesla factory last week, and that oh, was yeah. what, what just really amazed me. They had taken this old GM and Toyota assembly plant and just, you wouldn't even know it was the same place. And everybody is, is jumping and they're moving and they're just – they have this feeling, the cadence there is energy that we're really changing the world. Uh, and we're, you know, we're creating not just cars that don't require uh, gasoline, but we're also building batteries so that we can store solar power and we can change the way things happen. So uh, that kind of a cadence is just remarkable, and you have everybody, from the, the guy who sweeps the floors all the way up to the senior executives are marching in step.
0: Absolutely, without question. And what a great thing to see when people are operating. And look at the valuations that Tesla gets. You know, look at the value that they're able to generate by making sure that they're all driven around that passion, but they're being realistic about the things that they can deliver.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me a little bit you went to see Domino's, uh, you were filming the C suite um, program, and you went to see Domino's. Tell me about some of the insights you had when you visited with the executive team of a pizza delivery service?
0: Well, I think the biggest one is about just being transparent, radical transparency. You know, um, I take people in my television show, The C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, into places that 99% of the people who work for the company never get to see. And, And so I'll be watching something and hearing something. And, for instance, I was watching television late at night, and I saw this commercial that Domino's had that says their pizza tastes like cardboard. I'm thinking, this is an advertisement. Who in their right minds runs an ad that says, we suck? You know, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So I wanted to know who, who was in the meeting where they made this decision, you know they had to make it at a very high level because they're running an av- advertisement around it, and raised their hand and said, no, I know we're all talking about how great we are, but no, we really suck. We taste like, we taste like cardboard. And then let's see if I got this right, Mr. Chairman. You agreed with that person. And then you spent $10 million, you know, revamping the company, beginning to change the company's name from Domino's to, you know, pizza to Domino's in general, more of a fast casual restaurant, more than just pizza. And you spent $80 million to tell people about it. And then, so what was the results? I mean, you're you're changing the brand, the fundamental of the brand promise, which used to be 30 minutes or it's free. right? Right. I mean, how many of us haven't called Domino's late at night and, Made a call and, and as soon as we hung up, look at our watch because the brand promised thirty minutes are free and we looked at our watch because we're hoping to get a free shitty pizza.
1: You know? Right, and then um, we knew darn well that it wasn't the best pizza. It was just going to arrive on time.
0: Yep, it was going to be on time. And so they really care more about getting you the and what was in the box. And they we're changing that brand fundamental pro, promise around. We care more about what's in the box and we'll get it to you as well. But yep. and and what was the result of that when they made the change and, and they became transparent to their customers? Well, the customers came back, and they tried it, and they liked it, and they liked it even better, but their stock grew from like $0.70 cents to like 80 bucks. Wow. They almost ran out of pepperoni. It was such a huge success. And now, <laughs> now they're doing it again with the experience. You see the commercials today of the experiences of what it's like to call in and order a pizza on the phone. I mean you don't recognize me, you don't know who I am, you don't know what my number is? It shows right there that your CRM system should show that. No, no, right. no any of that stuff. And and so now they they're driving the app. Of course that's brilliant, because if you screw it up, it's your fault, you know. And then right, it right. takes a, you know, it takes about a dollar probably out of the cost of having to handle that order because it's all automated. So yeah, exactly
1: phenomenal. Phenomenal fantastic. that's
0: thinking that's thinking big and acting bigger right there.
1: Absolutely. So I love this, and we could go on talking forever, but uh, I know we need to cut this off. I want to ask you one last question. Tell me about the servant mentality, and and how does that relate? Because I I love the idea about focusing more on service, but how do you see that in terms of becoming a better leader?
0: Well, I think you need to lead by example, and so how do you serve others? And so one of the examples I use is how I clean the bathrooms. I was actually in there this morning doing that before everybody got in. I got in the office early in the morning, and it wasn't quite up to the expectations that, I, that I'd like to see, so I make sure that I clean it up and make sure that it looks nice and is, it's, it's stocked and those kinds of things. And someone said, well, Josh, you're the CEO of the company. Well, if I'm taking care of those details and people see me doing that, then I guess you're not going to bitch or moan when I ask you to clean your desk or to do some other things or to take care of you know the, the running of the business or, better yet, serving the customer in the same kind of servant mentality. And that's just something I've always believed and I think it's something that we should to take to heart that we have a responsibility to the people that work with us and the people that work for us and the people that we're serving. And that's our customers.
1: Absolutely. I love that. So so Jeff, this has been wonderful. Can you tell us if people want to find out more about you, about the book, where can they go?
0: Oh well, it's so easy. I gotta do is look at Hazelet, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T dot com or you could go to Think Big Tour. And you can find us on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, by the way, Barnes & Noble right now, if you buy a Nook, they give you the book for free along with John Grisham and a couple of other books that you can get for free with the purchase of a Nook, a brand-new Galaxy T2. Um, and then you can – independent bookstores. You can buy an independent bookstores. Don't forget there as well. Uh, you can find Think Big, Act Bigger. In fact, right now, I've been traveling to the airports, and it's in every single airport, front and center. It's a bestseller. Yeah.
1: That's wonderful. That's great. And the book's only been out three days. That's fantastic. It's
0: it's already gone to a second printing, and we're pretty excited.
1: That's great. That's fantastic. We've been here with Jeff Hazlett. As I mentioned, he is a a radio host, TV host, keynote speaker, global business celebrity, and the best-selling author with his third best-selling book that's just taken off. So thank you, Jeff, for being here with us today. Thank you. Okay. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.Leverage2Market.com.